0: If we haven't met before, my name is Ashley and I'm the senior pastor here. And we're so glad you're here for week two of Multiverse. Welcome to the Multiverse. Yeah. I'm excited next Sunday for week three, uh, June 11th, my friend Richie Neeland and his wife Kimberly and their daughter Riley will be here, so Richie will be speaking, and uh, he's someone that Jay and I have known for uh, over a decade now, and they've invested into our lives, and I'm excited to share them with you, so that's going to be fun next Sunday. And then the following week, yeah, the following week is Father's Day, so we'll be celebrating all you dads, and Jay will be speaking, so mark that on your calendar, too. I have to tell you, we have a really cool gift for all the dads. I'm a little jealous, you're gonna love it, it's amazing. All right, to start off today, I have a little audience participation that I wanna invite you to be a part of. Are you ready? Okay, a little bit sleepy, we could do this. Okay, there's a song I know, you probably know it as well, it goes like this, you ready? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. You guys are good. Yes. Awake and ready. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Awesome. Some of you are happy. Some of you are not sure yet. That's okay. When we're happy, we know it, right? We generally know it. We're like, Yes, today's the best day ever. It's sunny, I'm happy. Yes, I had a donut for breakfast. They're delicious, I'm happy. Yes, that person I asked out on a date, they said yes. I got a promotion. I got a good grade in school. When good things happen, we're happy, right? Because happiness is based on happenings. It's based on circumstantial, temporary things. And it's good to be happy, you know? Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad. Happiness is an emotional state characterized by feelings of joy, but it's temporary. If you're happy, you know it. If you're unhappy, you know it. You have access to joy. I want to tell you that today. You have access to joy, but you might not know it. Because joy, it comes from knowing Jesus. And it's a perpetual state of inner contentment. And satisfaction because of God's grace. So happiness, it comes from happenings. Joy, it comes from Jesus. It's possible to have joy and not always be happy, but to still have joy. And that's what we're talking about today. Joy, the Greek word for joy is kara, and it comes from knowing God's grace. The Greek word for that is charis. So God's charis produces kara in us. Our joy is simply a response to His grace. And the second fruit of the Spirit is joy. Last week we talked about love. God is love. Everything He does is love. He is also full of joy. The Multiverse, the Fruit of the Spirit series, it's all about how in the multiverse, if you're going to see Spider-Man this week with Hope Youth, hopefully you are, shout out to Hope Youth. in the multiverse, you know, there's one version of Spider-Man. There's Miles Morales. And then there's lots of other versions, lots of other iterations. You know, there's some girl spiders and some animal spiders. There's like a monkey spider and a pig spider and a therapist spider and all kinds of Spider-Men. The same is true for us, though. When you Before you know Jesus, there's one version of you, and, and that's a good version. But when you trust in him, what happens is... Now you're a completely brand new person, the Bible says. And what happens is His Holy Spirit, it comes to live in you. And He changes you from the inside out. And because He's in you, He does what only He can do. He produces love. He produces joy. Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is just patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He produces those things in us. It's not something that we try to do. Those are the fruits of knowing Him. And we have fruit, the Bible says, so that the world can taste and see that God is good. Because God is good. He is joy. Psalm 1611 says, In your presence there is fullness of joy. Maybe you experienced it this morning in His presence. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And if you break down that verse, in your presence, it actually translates to in His face, in His countenance, there is complete, abundant, overwhelming joy. So what that means is God's face is full of joy. And that kind of flies in the face of some of the things we have believed. Uh, Maybe in the past you thought that God was a killjoy, not that he's full of joy. Uh, And I think some of that comes from we look at our earthly parents and we see their faces are full of joy sometimes. And stern sometimes and corrective sometimes. And, you know, people get angry sometimes. And we tend to think that God is like that too. I don't think any of us has ever seen someone whose face is always completely, fully, fully joy. I mean, we get glimpses of it. I was reading a story to our son the other night, he's five, and at the end of the story, you open the last page in the book, it lights up. And when it lights up, I just looked at his face, I just took a peek at him, and he's just beaming with joy, just pure childlike joy. And it was just for a moment, you know, it went away after the initial, wow, the page lights up. But God's, his joy doesn't go away. It's perpetual. It's unending. And when he looks at you, he looks with joy. He's not mad at you. He's not looking at you angry. No, 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 no. He's madly in love with you. He looks at you with joy. And that's because his heart is joy. His face is joy because his heart is joy. Proverbs fifteen thirteen says, A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. When you trust in him, He changes your heart, too. And all of a sudden, you have a cheerful heart and a joyful face. And you don't have to try. It's what the Holy Spirit does within you. And you're like, wow, why am I smiling for no reason? That is weird. And you're feeling joy, and nothing around you has changed. Your circumstances haven't changed. But it's just an overflow of a changed life. This isn't something where we need to be like, oh, I just need to smile because that's what Christians do. You know, the fruit of the Spirit. I got to smile. No, no, no. Just like an orange tree, it just produces fruit. That's what it does. That's what happens to us when we trust in Jesus. We put our roots in Him. We source from Him. We drink of the Holy Spirit in Him. We have the sunshine of His Word. And all of that We're doing as we rest in him. We're not making things happen. We're not like, I need to remember to spend time with Jesus. No, 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 no. You don't have to try to be joy-filled. You can relax. Life with Jesus, it's a rest. It's like the rest that you take when you come home from a long day of work and you're like, I got everything done today. The work is completed. The work is completed. At the cross, Jesus defeated death. He restored our relationship with God so when we trust in Him, we can rest. You know, your face, it says a lot. It's like, is there joy going on or am I stressed? Uh, When our family went to Disney a few weeks ago, we got the camera package and basically they give you all your photos. And I'm, I'm looking at all of our ride photos and on the rides, they take your picture right as you're like going down a big drop. You know what I'm talking about? And I hate those drops. I hate them. I know they're coming. I'm like mm, bracing myself. And we, have a, we actually have a picture of me from the Pirates of the Caribbean. So we're in the, in the back there. There's some children on the ride too. Uh, they're having a good time. And everybody looks pretty happy except for, uh, can we zoom in on the back row? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my neck muscles are popping out and I've got a look of like I'm gonna kill you, Jack Sparrow. A very intense look, and my husband and I were laughing about this because you know what? In that moment, I wasn't feeling very joy filled. I was like, huh, this bump is coming. That's how some of us go through life, and maybe we don't even realize that we're doing it, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can stop striving. You don't have to block your joy. You can stop trying to protect yourself. You can stop trying to be good enough and just be. Just be. He does the work. Our job is to rest in what he has already done, to trust in him. That's what he wants from us, to trust him, to be filled up with his sources of joy, to overflowing, and to get rid of joy stoppers in our lives. So today we're looking at three sources of joy, and the first one is forgiveness. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. Forgiveness, the first source of our joy. Psalm 32, one says, What joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. It's saying, what joy there is when at the cross, Jesus defeated everything that kept us separated from God and it's removed and we can have a relationship with our Father and experience His abundant joy. What joy for us that we have been made clean by the blood of Jesus so the Holy Spirit can now live in us. What joy! God took care of our only problem, our sin problem, that started in the Garden of Eden. He took care of it. Not because of anything we do. He took care of it. Titus 3, 4 says, When the time came for the kindness and love of God our Savior to appear, then He saved us. Not because we were good enough to be saved, but because of His kindness by washing away our sins and giving us the new joy of the indwelling Holy Spirit. That just means the Holy Spirit living in us. Whom He poured out upon us with wonderful fullness. He poured out the Holy Spirit on us. He pours it out. Um, And all because of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, did so that he could declare us good in God's eyes. All because of his great kindness. And now we can share in the wealth of the eternal life he gives us. And we're eagerly looking forward to receiving it. Because of Jesus, we have joy living within us. That's awesome. And when we feel joy, just like a tree in an orchard, all we do is let it show. Herein is your Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Don't hide the fruit. Don't be embarrassed by the fruit. You know, I went to uh, you know, middle school and high school in the 90s. And a really big thing then, and probably it's still true today, and maybe some of you have experienced this, but whenever you would get excited about something in class, other people would be like, be cool, be cool. You know, don't, don't get too excited. Just, you know, keep an apathetic face. Or... Maybe when you're parenting your kids, you know, you're like, calm down, you guys are crazy. But sometimes what happens is we hem in our joy and we learn "Eh, it's not that acceptable to be joyful all the time. It's kind of kind of weird. You know, I don't want to get too excited about anything. Why not? Let your joy out. And I know for some of us, this is a process because we have things that are blocking us that we have learned from a young age. But I want to say it's safe. Let your joy out. When I first met Jesus, um, about six months later, uh, this traveling worship leader person came to our church and she did her thing and it was awesome. And she came to me afterwards and she's like, you're just beaming with joy. Why are you so smiley? I was like isn't everybody like this like i don't know i just met jesus maybe i'm wrong but you know my sins are forgiven i feel really happy i feel really joyful but the thing is that isn't normal because what happens is we do get excited when we trust in jesus and then life happens, and storms happen, and worries come in, and distractions happen, and our joy is still there. It's just kind of buried and hidden beneath everything else. We don't want to allow joy stoppers in our lives. We want to trust those things to God. Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. May He fill you. He fills you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He fills you so you can overflow. He fills you so you can't help but let it out. It's an overflow. If you're struggling to find joy, there's not something wrong with you. It's an indicator that you need to spend time sourcing from Jesus. Just get in His presence. Rest in His presence, you know. When you focus your eyes on Him, everything else, it gets into perspective. It gets into alignment. And you're like, oh, this is a temporary thing. Oh, this isn't what God says about me anyway. Oh, I don't need to worry about that. And He changes you. And what happens is you exchange your worries for His joy. It's the fruit of the Spirit of God in you and it's independent of anything happening around you because God doesn't change. He's full of joy and He fills you with joy. Habakkuk 3.17 says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Wow, that sounds like their life is really going bad for this person. Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Though the economy isn't doing well. Though I have things to worry about and bills to pay. Though I lost my job. Though I lost a loved one. Though my life doesn't look like I thought it would look, I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. We all have reasons to be discouraged and we have real hard things to process. I'm not saying don't feel your emotions, feel them. But remember, you have a reason for joy and that joy, it gets you through those hard times. Joy is a fact that over time it changes your feelings. It's a fact. It's a fact that Jesus has forgiven you and you have the source of joy. And when you know that, it changes your feelings and it keeps you from staying stuck in those hard things. In this life, you will go through hard times. Jesus said, you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. You will have trouble, but Jesus is with you in those things. And those troubles, they're not from God. They're from the enemy. And what God does, he takes those troubles and he uses them and he works them together for your good. But still, sometimes you feel like the wind is knocked out of you. Sometimes you feel like, I can't breathe. When things are going hard. In 2014, my dad passed away. He had a massive heart attack. And I remember someone knocking on uh, our, our door that morning. And I was pregnant with Sophie at the time, and we came downstairs and, you know, they're like, your dad passed away. And I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding. This is a joke, right? This doesn't make sense. It's my dad. He's supposed to see his first grandchild be born. That's my dad. In this world, you will have trouble. God's with you in the hard things. In 2016, we were 12 weeks pregnant with our second child, and I started having some bleeding. We went to the doctor, and there wasn't a heartbeat. Hard things happen. He is with you through the hard things. In 2017, I lost my job when I was pregnant with Ryder. And my boss, he said, I want you to tell people that you're not able to have a full-time job and be a mom to two kids. It's a hard thing. And of course I said, no, you know. Then in 2019, a couple days after Christmas, my mom died of cancer after a long battle. In 2022, I experienced betrayal of those closest to me. Knowing Jesus doesn't mean you won't have trouble. It means you have joy despite the trouble and that joy, it gets you through. Those circumstances, they can't take your joy. Your circumstances, they're not the source of your joy. God is. And because of God, you have a hope that other people don't have. You have a hope that gets you through. And he takes those things and he uses them for good. And when you look back, you're like, wow, I would have never chosen that. But God, you're so good. I see how you used it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And it doesn't make sense, but what he's doing is he's creating eternal fruit in your life that outlasts your temporary circumstances. John 16, 22, Jesus says, Indeed, you feel grief now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. You feel grief. But in eternity, you will have complete joy that cannot be taken. So it's possible now to go through hard times and still have joy. In fact, God's joy, it gets you through the hard times. Nehemiah 8.10, he says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. His joy, that joy that fills his face, his joy that is perfect, his joy is your strength in hard times. Don't let the enemy steal from you. He has no authority. He cannot take your joy. He cannot take your hope unless you willingly hand it over. Instead, allow God to strengthen you. Rest in His joy. You know, most of our opportunities to have joy, they're not in those big earth-shattering moments. They're in the day-to-day little frustrations, My family and I, we went to see The Little Mermaid on Friday night, and we got to the theater just in time, you know, got everybody out the door, everybody out of work, got to the theater. I'm like, cool, it's 7 o'clock, we're going to get a good seat, let's go. I had been hyping it up with the kids all day, sorry, I had been hyping it up with the kids all day, and they're like, yeah, we're going to get popcorn, we're going to get candy, it's going to be amazing. And I'm like, yeah, we are. And then we get to the concessions, and the line is so long. And there's three people working the concessions and I could see that they have some opportunity for growth, you know, uh, in their (laughs) systems. And and I could see, like, you know, they could be more efficient if this person did that thing. And they have two concession stands, why are we only using one? And all the time the clock is ticking, somebody needs change for a hundred dollar bill, they're like, we don't have change for a hundred, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And in this moment, I'm like, man, I could be frustrated, but it doesn't change anything. If I was frustrated, it would steal joy from my husband. I could be grumpy to him. If I was frustrated, it would steal joy from my kids, give them bad memories about going to a movie and mom being frustrated about the food. But that's what happens so many times in life. We have little opportunities to say, am I going to be frustrated? I mean, I have the right to. Or do I want to surrender that right to Jesus and say, I choose joy? And that's really what the fruit of the Spirit is. It's saying, Holy Spirit, I give that right to you and I rest in your fruits. I'm going to let your joy flow through me to my family and to those nice gentlemen working behind the concessions. I'm going to be the most joy-filled person because joy actually helps people. And maybe they're having a, bit, a bad day and maybe God will use it in their life. Frustration doesn't have that. I choose joy. Choose to let joy flow through you. Don't be a joy stopper for other people. Bear much fruit. So first point is forgiveness. Second point is flow state. Flow state. And this is a term in psychology where you are in the zone. I'm talking about you are in your sweet spot, where what you're doing, it feels effortless. What you're doing, it feels fun. You're like, man, I think I was created to do this. Like, I'm good at this. I love it. The flow state. And that's the psychology definition. I would add that it's allowing God's fruits to overflow in your being. It's finding joy in what you were created to do because you're unique. And the greatest gift that you can give the world is being your unique self connected to your creator and letting him flow through you. Being who God made you to be, not trying to be someone else. And maybe you're like, yeah, but how do you figure that out? You know, like what's the secret? I'd say take steps of faith. When you feel like maybe God's asking you to do something, do it. Be willing to risk and try things. I want to tell you, you you can't really screw it up. If you are trying to please God, if if you're resting in Him, if your motives are, God, I want to be who you made me to be, you're not going to mess it up because what He does, if you get in the wrong path, He helps you. He redirects you. You know, before college, I was like, I don't want to screw up my life and what if I go into the wrong field and I'm not good at that field and, th- and then in the back of my head there's like this thing that's nagging me that's like man I just really wish I could serve Jesus full time and work at a church but the front of my head was like that's crazy I don't even know how you do that you know th- that's not logical and so I went to college and I chose a major and I did well at that major you know 4-0 but six months in I was like I hate this. I hate this. This isn't who I am. I could do this and I could be good at it. This isn't my flow. And so, you know, eventually I ended up working at a church and I'm like, God, this is it. This is what I was created to do. And you know what I was doing at that church? I was hanging drywall. I'm not that good at hanging drywall. I'm not. I I could come to your house and help you out if you want, but I'm not that good at it. But the environment, and the people, and the purpose, that was my flow state. Sometimes it's not what you're doing. Sometimes it's in conversations you're having. When you're talking to people, you're like, wow, I was created for this. Sometimes it's in artwork that you're making, and you're like, wow, where is this coming from, this inspiration? That's what you're created to do. Sometimes it's at your workplace and in your occupation, or raising your children. You're like, I was born to be a mom or a dad. I was born for this. And I would say, just listen for God and His direction. Pay attention to His nudges. Don't brush them off as illogical. You can't mess up being who God made you to be. And over the years, you know, God will guide you. He'll direct you. He'll reveal your purpose to you. He doesn't reveal it all at once. Because I think if I looked back, you know, just coming out of high school and He showed me that I would be here right now, I'd be like, uh, that's scary, you know? Like, what? In high school, I didn't speak in front of humans. I was introverted. I would pass out when you had to do public speeches. I went to the remedial class in college with all the other scared people. If you would have told me that I would be here now, I'd be like, ah, I can't do it. He reveals his purpose and his timing. Trust him, be willing to try. Don't block him. Because sometimes we think we know ourselves and we're like, oh, I could never do that. Don't block him. If he gives you an opportunity, say yes to him. You'll know when you're in the flow state. You'll know when you're like, whoa, this is what I was created to do. And you'll know when it's a bad fit and you're like, whoa, this is not me. Good for someone else, not me. My husband's job, he loves it. I'm excited for him, not me. I think of the flow state like in the movie Finding Nemo. Have you guys seen that one? They've got the Eastern Australian current that Nemo's dad is trying to find. And, you know, Nemo's dad, he's all stressed out. He's like, I got to find Nemo, which I would be stressed too. I don't blame him. And he he gets uh, to know this turtle named Crush. And Crush is just really chill and go with the flow. And he's like, man, you're in the current right now. You know, and Nemo's dad, he looks around. He's like, whoa, I guess I am. And he starts to relax and let the current take him where he needed to go. And he started to have fun. And then something happened. One of Crush's kids, he gets out of the flow. And we actually have that clip for you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Whoa, kill the motor, dude. Let us see what Squirt does flying solo. figure out who he made you to be and the gifts that he's given you, if you get out of the flow, it's not the end of the world. Just get back in. The flow state is fun. It's a rest. It's not a work. A lot of the focus on our volunteer teams, our servant leadership teams, is discovering each person's flow state, discovering their spiritual gifts, discovering what they love, what motivates them, discovering what aspects of God's character that they're carrying, and then taking those things out into their world. And that's one of the ways that we help people discover their flow state. If you're not on one of our teams and you want to be, you can email info at nyhopechurch.com. We'd love to help you figure those things out. It's so fun discovering who God made you to be. I was talking to someone this week and uh, they were here last Sunday for week one and they were saying all their life they thought they had to have a plan. And you know their plan would change a lot because I mean we only see a little bit of what we're doing right. God sees everything and it would change at each kind of juncture. And what they realized is I'm just gonna get rid of the plan and be faithful to what God is showing me in each next step. And I'm gonna rest, and I know that He's gonna produce fruits in me because that's what He does. His plans are better than our plans. Pressure comes from operating under the law, operating under what we think God wants us to do, trying to do in order to be. Uh, it comes from religious performance, from trying to please people. But freedom, it comes from trusting in the grace of Jesus. From doing out of our being, from surrendering to God's work in us, not striving to be successful, but resting in our relationship with God. Yes, doing everything God puts in front of us with all of our hearts. Yes, you know, getting all the education. Yes, pursuing all the goals. But while we're doing those things, we're not doing it to prove anything. We're doing it because that's who God made us to be. You are a human being, not a human Doing. And maybe you need to make some changes this week. You need to stop striving and start to be before God. If you want help with that, there's a book. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. That's one of my favorites. You should get it. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. The kingdom of God is not based on what you do. And we saw last week the Galatians were worried that it was based on circumcision. There was a whole thing Paul had to talk to them about there. And then he, he was talking to the Roman church, and they were getting distracted about, well, what can we eat or what can we drink? And they were focusing on external things. Romans fourteen seventeen, he says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not about what we do. It's about letting him live through us. He takes care of what we do. He helps us make those choices out of our being. You know, sometimes serving him, outpaces our seeking him, and we're doing for God instead of being before God, and what that happens, we have no fruit to give away. Our fruit is small and weak because it's it's got no inflow. But when you serve out of rest in the finished work of Jesus, his joy and his goodness and his peace, they overflow through you. John fifteen ten. Jesus says, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You'll be full of joy when you live the way I've instructed you to live. You'll be full of joy when you learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And if you don't want to live that way, that's okay. But you're blocking your joy. He's saying, keep my commands. Love people the way that I've taught you. Practice Sabbath. Practice spending time with me. Talk to God through prayer. Do the things that I've modeled for you out of a relationship with God. Not because you have to, but because you get to and they're a source of life for you. Sources of joy, forgiveness, flow state, and the last one is friends. Sometimes when you're in a difficult season, you know that God has forgiven you and you have joy in that eternal reality. And you know you're in the flow state, but still you're struggling. And this is where God uses people around you to encourage you, to help you to be who he made you to be. Proverbs 27:9 says, "'Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. "'So does earnest counsel from a man's friend.'" God uses people as a source of joy in your life. You know, God, he's a relational being. He's three parts. He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's never alone, he's all three. He designed us to be in relationship with him. And then when he created Adam, he's like, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. And over and over the Bible talks about how good it is to have relationships with other people. Yet 25% of adults in America, they have no friends. It doesn't have to be that way. This is a good place to make friends. This is a good place to talk to someone in the lobby after church, even if you're naturally an introvert like me. If I can do it, you can do it, right? Some of us, we've got hurts from other people and we're like, I just, I hear what you're saying. I don't need people though, I'm good. It's just me and God. As a joy stopper. I wanna encourage you, choose to forgive. Focus on your healing so you're not hurting other people. And then give freely as you have received. Hebrews twelve fifteen. Look after each other so that not one of you will fail to find God's best blessings. That's what friends do. They help you find his best blessings. Watch out that no bitterness takes root among you, for as it springs up, it causes trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. He's saying, stay rooted in Jesus. Don't let other roots of bitterness come up. You can't control other people. You can't control what they do or what they say. Maybe you figured this out by now. But you can control how you respond. You can choose how you respond. As you have received forgiveness, you can give it away. If you feel like you don't have it to give, spend time with Jesus. Let him keep giving it to you until you feel like you can overflow it to someone else. Don't let any person steal your joy. You know that person at the office that you complain about every night? You've been complaining about them for the last two years? They might be that way the next 20 years. So I just want to tell you choose joy. Those people on social media, they have a right to their opinion, and you have the right to ignore it people have a right to be rude and you have the right to be kind. What people say about you, it cannot keep you from your destiny. It's a distraction. Don't let it get you off course. God's approval is what matters. Your job is not to change people's minds about you. Your job is not to make people like you. Your job is not to please people. Your job is to be who God called you to be and rest in the finished work of Jesus. Your job is to bear much fruit And is your Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Let his fruit flow through you. Receive his forgiveness. Live in your flow state. And get around friends who will encourage you to choose joy. Because life is hard. God is with you. And he brings people alongside of you. This week, I hope that you'll choose joy wherever you go. In moments of frustration, choose joy. This afternoon, when you have an opportunity... To choose something else, choose joy. Choose joy. No matter what's going on. His joy is our strength.